you know, sometimes we think about, oh, you know, when we're worshiping or we're whatever, in the presence of the Lord, and we don't want to, like, interrupt that, right? We don't want to, like, stop that, and we think if we transition, so, well, we never need to stop. The, the, the angels that are closest, they're always crying, holy, 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 no matter what's going on. And we can be doing the same in that secret place, you know, and we could constantly, you can be praying in the spirit, can be crying, holy, 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 and worship, and then it just comes out in whatever you're doing. And so we never need to stop, we never need to, you know, it's, it's like you don't, it's not the feeling, you know what I mean, that the soul experiences that, that that's, it, it's, it's deeper, it's in the, it's spirit. God is a spirit, we are a spirit, and we can worship in the spirit and in truth all the time. And so it's like, we never need to feel like it needs to stop. You know what I'm saying? So it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's also a risk. Yeah. The other way is that it's a doing. Mm-hmm. The feeling you're having to do. Yeah. It's a risk. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's it's actually it's a it's like love you know how do you do you do love well, yes there's a manifestation but it's it's more than that it's a, it's a reality you know it's a dynamic between two people or God and us in this case and it and we're there all the time you know what I mean and of course because it's God then we cry out holy 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 because it's like his life is our life. You know, there, there was an exchange. I mean, his, his eternal life, the Zoe life, is totally beyond the, the, the fallen nature, life. And so, to participate, we have to give ourselves over. Because it's, it's something else. It's not the same. My ways are higher than your ways and, and, and all of that. And, um, and yes, we experience that now in the spirit, but to, to stay there and to have that, to flow with him, we have to leave ourselves there on the altar too. We, we leave ourselves because it's like God's not going to take on the fallen nature. He can't participate that way. So to participate, we have to give up the fallen nature and we give up the fallen way and we align with his heart, with his vibe, with his reality and truth. And that's why there is this truth of it's no longer I to live, you know. But Christ, if we want to, to 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 live life with God in that way, because and so it's 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 a um, it's just the way it has to be. But in that, we find our life. You know, we we find okay. This is God's life. It's we never go back and take it off the altar of what we gave up, but now God brings us into a new life, which is what it means to be born of the Spirit, and, and we learn how to let Him lead and move, because the moment we get out of that, we, we drop down to a lesser expression of His life. So, so we have to turn ourselves in. We have to give up the old, just by the nature of God's life. It's, 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 it's totally above and higher, and, but He calls us to... to participate relationally in union with him so but that's kind of that's what you know this is this is this idea of being bought at a price you know the truth I mean the scripture says we are bought 
you know, Jesus bought us. You were the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that you're not your own? So that, that concept is a little bit to the human nature. It's, it's a little bit offensive in a way, you know? Like, there's something about it that just, like, the, the, the old human nature, I mean, that's what the devil really... Do you not know that you will be like your own God? You know, that's, that's, that was the very beginning thing. He just didn't like the fact that, uh, that God... What's going on here? My, I think it's still connected to the... And I can't see my screen here. Okay, there we go. So, so the, the... It's a little bit of, a, an, of offen- it, it offends. Jesus said, blessed is he who's not offended in me. Why? Why would it be offensive? Why would Jesus be offensive? He's love, right? Love, joy, goodness, every good thing. And why would we be offended at Jesus? Why would anybody get offended with Jesus? Because it goes against the grain of the fallen nature to recognize God as the supreme authority. And so what he's saying, there's spirit, it's life, it's truth, it's non-negotiable. It's not, he's not asking for our opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's not saying, what do you think about it? That's not how he is. He's telling us how it is. And he's saying if you want to partic- I mean, it is true. Every good, pure, lovely, everything, that's who God is. You can substitute in 1 Corinthians 13, the word love, put God there. Put his name there. God is patient, kind. He doesn't, you know, you just substitute everything good. So why is it offensive? It's just that thing about control. The human nature wants to be in control. But look where that got us in the world today. How's that working out? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Adam and Eve in the garden, the devil comes through the serpent, utilizing as a tool, and says, you know what? You can do it another way. And if you do it, you'll know things you don't know now. Well, we weren't meant to know evil. God was protecting us from evil and everything bad. So we wanted to know it. Look at the world. Okay, we got it. How, do, how, is, how is it working out now? You know what I'm saying? So God wants to bring us back to the place where we let him be in control. That's the only way the kingdom of heaven operates, it's the, it's the Trinity. It's the way the Trinity operates. There is no debate. There's one flow. There's one guiding truth at his core. And this is the way we do it. You know, that it's, it, this is the good way. This is truth. This is what's going to help. This is what's going to heal. In every situation, there is truth that will guide if we, and the, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. So it's God who wants to guide, but he has given us that majesty of choice. So it's by choice. But yet there's no negotiation. Should we choose the path of God? You see what I'm saying? This is what's offensive. Are you getting it? This is what offends, but it has to be because Jesus said, straight is the way, narrow is the way. And it's like, you know, how hard it is even for a rich man to go 
it's the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's like a camel going through the eye of the needle. Why? Because we get so attached to so many things and depend upon so many things. Therefore, it usurps the place of God in our life. That's why when Israel, they wanted a king, God was hurt and offended. Like, am I not enough? Have you lacked anything? Have you... No, but they wanted to be like the nations around them. You know, they're looking around and they're like, oh, but they all have kings. Why don't we have a king? So they started to conform. to. So God started not to be enough. But there was no lack. I mean, God led them out from Egypt and their shoes for 40 years didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. It says they were all, they had, they plundered Egypt, really. But it was... You know, after, you know, at the point where they were about to leave, I mean, they, they, people gave them gold and stuff. That was back pay for all the years that they were in slavery. It wasn't taking what didn't belong to them. It was back pay for their slavery that they had to endure for those, for those hundreds of years. God made it up to them. Jesus got 40 extra days at the end of his life <coughs> for the 40 days he had to endure there being in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. God always pays back above and beyond what we ever kind of, you know. So, anyway, um, so this, this life of God, we want the fullness, right? We want to walk in the fullness of God. We were talking about, you know, that the last couple of weeks in different ways but this this is like the foundation of understanding why and how that would work you know understanding that we're bought with a price because god takes care of his own what belongs to him he takes care of i mean if we're family and 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 he we're we're agreeing and letting him letting him lead be the one in control the the, the devil cannot the enemy cannot infiltrate that that's the secret place of Psalm 91, the cleft of the rock where, you know, um, Moses just saw the backside, he was protected, and, you know, where nothing will touch you. That, that's, that's what that is. That is the place of where you're not trying to uh, negotiate anymore. <laughs> you know, you just realize, wow, you know what? God, you, you know best. You really know best. And even the desires of my heart, if, it's like, why would it? But it's that fallen nature, you see, what? it's that fallen nature that gets offended at the concept that you're not in control. But if we want to participate in the Zoe life of God, there can be no negotiation. You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like God is God, and it's everything, He's everything good, pure, lovely, and... and He's the creator, in fact. He designed everything that way. And so that pathway is where he leads. And we don't. And it's the path of life and every beautiful thing. And all the fulfilled promises and all of that is a result of allowing him to be God. And us not trying to be. You know what I'm saying? So then his life is shared with us and, and we get to know him. And that's when you walk in the cool of the day like Adam and Eve with with God and begin to hear his voice because you, it, you're not, we're not fighting him anymore. 
We're not raising other thoughts to be on the same level as what he is saying. You know, no other gods before us, not even ourselves, not even our own mind, not even our own choice. We always think, oh yeah, I have no other gods before me. Well, I'm not going to go make an idol out of gold and bow down to it and start, well, yeah, what about your mind? <laughs> your own will, your own nature, does it rise up and, and say, you know what, I'm not even going to consider it because this is what I want to do. Well, wouldn't that be raising up another God before the only one true God? You see, this is, it's, it's like, it's kind of uncomfortable, this discussion, right? Because it's like, it's the foundational nature that tries to come back. We're born of the Spirit, and we're perfectly complete, but the soul is not saved. It's, we're working out that salvation in our mind, our will, our emotions, our way of thinking, our way of expressing. Otherwise, this room would be full of glory. We'd be all, we'd all on our face. We, everywhere you walk, I mean, it, there, we would be manifesting Jesus in a fuller measure. So there's more. There's always going to be more, too. But so it's not like, okay, trying to figure out, every, no, what do we do now? Here we are. Where are we going? Okay. So we need to turn ourselves in and let God be God. And so this is the core central thing. If we, if every believer, and I'll just talk about believers, you know, but this is God's will for everybody, but let's talk about believers right now because many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, and he will say, I don't know you. That's, that's kind of a, a concerning situation, right? That there are wise versions, unwise versions, that there will be many in that day <clears throat> waiting, like the, the ten wise, not ten wise, five wise, five foolish virgins in Matthew 25. Right? Somewhere. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah, all right. Oh, look. First thing. Matthew 25. So you have these wise virgins and you have the unwise virgins and they were all sleeping. You ever notice? They were all sleeping. <laughs> they all kind of like, it was late, you know, it was like, so all, but when the bridegroom came, the wise had oil in their lamps. They were prepared. They, they, they trimmed it. They went in. They were ready. They were, so they were waiting and they were ready. Um, and, but the unwise virgins, they were expecting to go in too. They, they were waiting there with the, with the wise virgins. They were together. And they wanted to go into the wedding chamber also. But the bridegroom said, I don't know you. So that's concerning. It's concerning that Samson, you know, after his hair was cut and thus he exposed his, that vow, that, that, that's the thing, the vow that, that, you know, hair was an expression of that vow that, that this is a symbol of my consecrate, my vow to you. And then he exposed that to somebody he shouldn't, you know. But he didn't realize that the Spirit of God was no longer with him. And he got up expecting to just throw everybody, <laughs> you know, to defeat the enemy again, and he couldn't do it. But he didn't realize. It says, if you go back and look, it says he didn't realize that the Spirit of God was no longer with him. And he just got up and went through the motions trying to do something, and he failed, which led to his eventual death. He didn't know that the Spirit of God wasn't with him. That's like religion, you know? It's like the unwise virgins, Samson not realizing the spirit had departed. It's like doing 
things that seem like the right things to do, and I'm a respectable person, and I go to, you know, on Sundays, and I this and that, but, but, it's more than that, you know. It, it, is a, it is a sensitivity. It's a giving ourselves over so we can have that relationship with God where we recognize, God, I give you my core. My core being, it's yours. You are God. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you lead. And then his commandments are not burdensome. In 1 John 5, he's talking about, by this we know we have eternal life. When his commandments aren't burdensome anymore, but it's about love. You love him and you want to please God. And, you, and now... You're doing things because it's, it's relational. And it's good. You know it's good and everything, but a religious person knows that's good. And they both do the same thing sometimes. But one is justified. The other is not. One, God receives the, the offering of one and not the other. You, you have Cain and Abel. They both gave a sacrifice, but Cain didn't, wasn't done the right way. You know what I mean? And... Um, so there was a fence. So, um, I'm too far off there now. Um, so, what was that? Okay, so there is this inner core, if we can call it that, of our will and our heart that we, um, that we give to God and we invite him to be God in that sanctuary of our heart and our will. And we crown him as king and lord in that place. From which every other decision is made. Not down the line, okay, there, I'll install God. You can be God at this level six. He says, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. He's either, it's either, he's either God or he's not. He's not like just God of level six, you know. It's like level core. Level one, level zero, one, whatever is first. (laughs) Uh, and, and God is God there, and then everything else, you know. So if that is the way it should be, then then we're, we have the foundation where <clears throat> we can understand where these greater works flow from. Because, you know, Jesus defeated the enemy and all that, but we're always, people are always talking about, okay, but there's more, and how do I get there, you know? And we see some things, but we want the more. And Well, the more is this. It's It's... It's the basics, going back to the basics and understanding and allowing God to be God in that core and then everything, letting him lead everything else and and letting him define our priorities, letting him, that leads us to the more, the expression of, of everything God has in every situation. So it's more than just the religious thing like the unwise virgins and Samson was doing things but he didn't even realize the Holy Spirit wasn't in it anymore. And it's not that, it's, 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 it's letting God lead. So, you know, like Jesus said, everything that I do, um, it's, I don't do anything unless my Father is leading, you know. So it's, it's being in that place and going at God's speed and God's way um, and, and doing that. So, <clears throat> all right, so 1 John 5.13, which I talked about there, it says, These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So knowing we have eternal life is because we've turned ourselves in, 
And now we know what it's like to allow God to lead us, and we know what it's like to have that relationship with Him, where it's not just religion and doing certain things and trying to mind our P's and Q's and be a good person and da da da. But it's 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 minding the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> whose temple we are, and and letting Him lead, and it's our joy because we've discovered, we've tasted, and seen how good He is, and and now. It's it's we it's our joy to let him lead and to have that relationship and to experience him and then we know we have eternal life because we know and we're knowing him more every day we're knowing our God and he knows us that's the thing if God knows everything what does it mean he doesn't know us or how can he not know somebody right so what do you, what do you like so what do you think I mean how if God knows everything how can he even say I don't know you. It has to do with what we're talking about, but just kind of tie it together, you know. But have you thought about that? It's like, how? So, what is required for God to know somebody? It almost seems like a wrong thing to say. God can't know. Well, it says I don't, I don't know you. So to some people, relationship. Yeah. He does not listen sometimes. Yeah. You've got to give him access. Uh huh. So, so yeah. So it's about access, and it's about relationship that results from that access. But the access is on, there, it can only be by his terms because his life is higher. And fallen nature, man, is, is a different form of life. It's not the same thing. And so it can't be on the, the, the lower terminal terms. It has to be on God's terms. And we have to allow him to transform us, make us born again, born of the spirit. And then he says, the way you operate and the way you flow in that is, you know, follow my words now. Don't just go to the fallen age to do your own thing thing, but allow me to lead you. And that is the way you, we engage with him and where he leads us. And so in that yieldedness and desire for love, which is expressed to God to, to know him and to allow him to be God. And, to, and we, we realize we need a savior because we're a slave of you know, sin. And that's Romans 7. Paul was talking about when he was a slave of sin. And Romans 8 talks about what it's like to be born again. People look at Romans 7 and think it applies to the Christian and the new life, but it's not. When Paul was saying, I do the things I don't want to do, and that was the old nature before Christ. And then Romans 8, the spirit of adoption comes in and we're born of the spirit and there's a realization that the things of the flesh and the fallen nature is at enmity with God. So you put away those things, you receive God's new life, and then he leads you as a, as a son, as a child of God. So he would, Romans 7 is the old, Romans 8 is the new. And, you know, it's important to understand that because people read in Romans 7, it's like, oh yeah, that describes my life. Well, it shouldn't <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a believer, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if it is, it's because, you know, we need to turn ourselves in. We need to, Romans 12, 1 and 2, present our life, the living sacrifice, on the altar, say, Lord, I'm willing, willy, I'm willing, I'm giving myself on the altar here that you shed your blood first on the cross. And I'm going to do the same as far as my life is concerned. That the old life, the old nature where I call the shots, not you, God, me, I, I'm killing that now. I am crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, 
but Christ who lives in me. So we, cruci- we, we identify as being crucified, not identified as used today, but really. <laughs> you know, we really uh, turn ourselves in on the cross, on that altar, Romans 12, 1 and 2, present our life a living sacrifice, pick up the knife, just remember like uh, God asked Abraham to do with Isaac. Isaac was 20-something, right? We talk, and he was a big boy, but just the fact that he would go along with that shows the relationship and the, the respect and the love they had even with his father. You know, it's like, wow. You know, but, but God stopped him and said no. Forget how he put it there, but, but if you look at the, the wording there, it's God was saying, I am the sacrifice. He, um, what did he say there exactly? He said, he, in what, through what he was saying there, God was saying, no, 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 I am, I am the sacrifice. And so that's what was going on there. He said, no, you don't, you don't have to do that because I'm going to do it. And on that same mountain is where Jesus was crucified, the place of the skull. Okay. Um, so, this, this point is so important, you know. Again, it's going back to the foundations, right? Before we rocket launch into, you know, this is the rocket launch here. This is the rocket fuel. <laughs> Understanding this is the platform where we build the house, not on the sand. It's all going to fall down. It's not going to work out. Cracks are going to form everywhere, and it's just not good. <laughs> life falls apart. It's, this is the foundation right here. Our life in Christ needs to be with the understanding. When we, when we lead somebody and we help somebody come to the Lord, they need to understand this, too. So it's, no, it's not just like, come, God's going to be your sugar daddy. No, it's, it's God is bringing you into his life. And all the books and the destiny and the, the good that, it, that you are destined is realized when you come. But this is the, these are the parameters. This is the way it works. He's God. We're not. Because God doesn't want the devil to come in and mess things up. So it has to be that way. It, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the way it is, and it's for our benefit, it's for our protection. Uh, the tree in the garden was for the good of Adam and Eve. The, everything God does is for the good. Everything God has said, you know, was, you know, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The tithe was made for man to keep us in that right. Everything God ever did was for the benefit of, a, of the people, not to, God doesn't need anything. He doesn't need, you know, but he needs us. He desires us to, to, to walk his family, to walk on his wavelength so he can interact with us, so he can meet every need, so he can do Psalm 23, you know, that the table is prepared. Even in the presence of what's on the table, everything we need. You know, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in and will eat with him. So it's that table of fellowship, just like in the holy place where the, spirit, the seven spirits of God once was shining on that table of showbread, lighting our way, and the priests, you know, ate that bread, and Jesus said, I am that bread, which came down from heaven. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. This is the level of that. That's, why people, that's where people got offended, because it was so, so core level, <laughs> which, which goes against the fallen nature. But he said, you have no life in you unless you eat my flesh 
drink my blood. So, eat my flesh. You, you go and you do the things. Just like I don't do anything except what my Father shows. You, you make those choices. And it's all because of the blood of the covenant that he established. Drink my blood. As you're doing what I'm saying, just remember the covenant. It's a two-way thing. You, you're going to do that, and this is going to be the outcome. And we walk in that authority that the centurion recognized in Jesus because Jesus submitted himself to that kind of the authority of his father as the de facto, definitive, non-negotiable authority by which he makes every decision in his life because he knows God is good, his father is good, and the moment you start fudging on the way we make decisions, those are openings for non-good things to come in. And so it's love, it's relationship, and it's the means through which God provides everything on the table for us to partake of. The fulfilled promises, partakers of the divine nature, according to his precious promises, all the things he's ever said, it's, it's on that table. It's there. But he wants to sit down with us at the table so that we can you know, partake with him. <clears throat> okay, so... Um, so the idea of the, the fact that Jesus bought us with his own, his own blood. So we're bought at a price. And we become his temple. So, so yeah, he, he's in control. Um, let's turn the page here. So those scriptures is 1 Corinthians 6. I'm going to read it on here. I've got it on my computer. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. That's where it says our body. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you are not your own. You're bought with a price. <clears throat> Ephesians 1.14 says, he is the uh, Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? So Jesus buys us out. We, we spoke about this, how, you know, if we're a slave to sin and sin owns us and we're under the jurisdiction, the only w- there's nothing we could do. So Jesus had to buy us. He had to, by his own blood, do it in order to get us out of there. So he had to buy us out. It was the only way it could work. Man could not save himself. He was on the, the, the tracks leading right to the lake of fire, you know, separation from God. There's a holy God. Choose, choose our own way. There's only one thing left, and which is a... Uh, judgment and, and away from God. But Jesus didn't want that. He wanted us back. He wanted to restore, like Adam and Eve, the relationship they had. They were walking in the Zoe life of God, eternal life. They were, it was only in the fall where there was that disconnect. So he wants to restore all of that. And this is the only way it could happen, by buying us, literally. Purchasing us out, you know, from the, the, the consequence of our own choices of sin. And so he bought us out. So uh, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession? So there's going to be a final consummation and redemption of what has been bought by Jesus. So it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. The scripture tells us, keep yourself in the love of God. Oh because then it will culminate with the entire redemption and the wedding feast and, and all of that. Colossians 1.13, yeah. 
He rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. So that's what him buying us out did. He rescued us from this tyrannical rule of darkness and, and translated us. We're in a different place, which is the kingdom, king, non-negotiable, there's a king, he, he rules and reigns, and we're not the king. You know, He's the head. We're the body. But the amazing love aspect is that he brings us into himself to be one with him. But it can only be on his terms. It can only be on the terms of truth, righteousness, the life of God, the Zoe life of God, eternal life. Okay. So, so the moment we start calling our own shots, we have taken a step back from the experience of what God would have had for us, right? So that's where there's the disconnects. When, when, when we experience a disappointment, you know, God had an appointment, but now we are disengaged from it. It becomes a disappointment. It's because we took a step back. And that's what doubt literally is. It is a dividing between. Literally, the word, that's what it means. It's a... It's, it's a dividing. So what was together is now divided. So there's a separation that sin causes and going our own way it causes. Okay, so God rescued us from all that, from the power of sin. So he freed us, really. In buying us, he freed us. He set us free. And we still have our free will and everything. So we were a slave. He bought us by his own blood to set us free to walk with him. But that's why we were set free. So the moment we, we try to use that freedom to, to, to go back to our own old nature ways, then there's that dis- disappointment you know, from what we could be experiencing were we to let God lead. Okay? So, and if we're letting God lead in everything, the enemy can't touch us. Our life is hid in Christ and God. You know, the enemy can't, the enemy does not want to go on God's playing fields. He wants to play on his field where he can cheat <laughs> and use false misinformation and everything. Sounds familiar. It's happening all over the world, right? That's what that is. That's the devil's playing field where 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world is, is influencing all those things. But on God's playing field, the light of truth is just radiating and making everything crystal clear. There's no... There's no doubts about truth. And when we walk according to that truth, and we yield to that truth, and we let God lead in all things, then the enemy can't touch us. He can't get in there. He has nothing, no flesh hook, no, nothing to hook us onto. Like Jesus said, the enemy's coming, but he has nothing in me. There's no, nothing, no flesh hook. So in other words, I lay down my own life, Jesus was saying. It's not taken from me. I could snap my fingers and have legions of angels. He was doing the will of his Father because he was always walking with the authority of heaven because he yielded to the authority of heaven. And so the only thing he did, that was God's plan. So the enemy can't do anything against the believer who is walking in that way, in alignment with being bought out, and they allow that to continue to be the way they live life, you know. And so that's true freedom. So being bought and being God's purchased possession 
is total freedom from all that would steal, kill, and destroy. But we got to keep ourselves in that love of God, in the manifestation of that love of God, keeping that life lived of yielding and continual recognition of that He is God and we are not, and, and how we make our decisions and all of that. And it's... And, and again, it goes against the grain to the natural man, to the, to, the, to the fallen agent, but this is freedom. This is the path of the life of God, and this is where our true identity is as a born-again child of God for eternity, who will also be participating in that song no one else can sing for eternity. There's songs that no one else will be able to sing except those who followed the Lamb, Jesus, wherever He leads. That's a special song. Not everybody can sing that song. Jesus is coming for uh, his bride without spot or wrinkle. An overcoming, victorious bride. That's different than just religion. You know, that's different than just an um, entry-level sort of... Pro- that's different than a low, prior, low priority lifestyle in the sense of giving God a low priority. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When we put him as the highest priority, we live differently. We, we let him call the shots. We let him be God. So that, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about low versus top priority. And those who follow the Lamb wherever he goes at that top priority, esteeming God that his name is indeed, hallowed be your name, far above everything else, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth, in my life, as it is in heaven. That's a different lifestyle. It's the, it's, that's the Zoe life of God. That's the eternal life that God wants to manifest through us at all times. And that's the way to the more of God. And the greater works is living that life with God and letting him lead in that way. <clears throat> okay, so the idea of being sold under sin is we sold ourselves out. You know, like, just like... Uh, um, What's his name? <laughs> sold his birthright for a pot of soup. Uh, well, Jacob gave the soup. Yeah, Esau. Esau was like, I'm hungry. He had a birthright as first one. He had all of that. If, if his intentions and heart was right and everything, he wouldn't have sold his birthright. What do you mean sell your birthright? How can you even sell your birthright for a pot of soup? How does that even work? I don't know. But he did. <laughs> he did it. For a moment of this... I'm I'm hungry. Well, could you just wait it a little bit, maybe, and you know, no, I want it now, and I want this, and I, 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 I. You know, that's the point. When the I is underlined and bold, and uppercase, there's a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so he sold himself out, and that's what sin is. We we sell ourselves out. We don't. So, but. That's what happens when we, when you know, when sin. It's it's a selling of your birthright. It's a selling out, and you become a slave of that which you sold out to, because that has the power over your life. Those those desires that control those lusts, those things they control, and and they otherwise God would be control. If God was God, you know, then that's he would be the deciding factor of how we live. But when these other things. Um, control, then we're a slave of those things. So that's the idea of selling ourselves, sold, understand. So God 
bought us. Jesus bought us out from the power of sin over our lives. So he purchased us for freedom, to be free from sin, free from manipulation, free from, and now we walk with God. And he lays out the terminology. He lays out, this is, this is the pathway. And it's a narrow pathway, but it's true freedom. Everything good, everything beautiful. Healing, help, deliverance, the authority of heaven coming through you to others. You go at God's speed. What are you saying? Ah, oh, yes, that's what I want to do. Do that. Oh, that'll be good. No, don't, don't negotiate. Just allow God to be God. And then see, taste and see what he does. You can never, ever, ever, ever outgive God. Never, ever, 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 ever. And he's going to press down, shaken together. It's going to be returned to, to us as to those who actually let him lead and do the things he is saying. So this Colossians 3, belonging to God, partaking of his life. Colossians 3, verse 1 through 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, which where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. For you died. So there it is. <laughs> you died. <laughs> Don't go back to the altar and pull it back. You died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Christ, who is our life. Now, what do you think the, the practical aspects of living that out looks like? Christ is our life. What would that look like? I mean, what does that mean? How do we make decisions? How do we think about things? How do we uh, plan our future? Or do we let God open the books to us about our future and we read what our future should be like? You, you see the difference in the way of thinking. There are books. The books are open at the end. And every person is, is judged by the things written in the books. The potential to be that force of good. The potential of what God could have done through our life is so much greater than, than we, two and two is for, you know, human thinking. So if we let God be God, it also enlarges our capacity to realize and manifest and live out everything God has. So, if when Christ, who is our life, we, we, just, we just have to meditate on the verse. You have to write it down and meditate on Well, there it is. Circle it in red or something. Clip it out. Put it on a thing. When Christ who is our life. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. If we, if we, what is that? How do you do that? How do you live? Well, it's like all the things we're talking about, right? But any other thoughts? I'm, I'm curious. You know, what, to you, what does that mean? Christ is our life. Just remind me of this that uh, under of course always uh, he says uh, for him it's the most important verse in the Bible. It says in him we move and breathe and have our being. Yes. It's just like the that's your umbilical cord. Everything is cut. So let's let's though drill down a little bit and ask ourselves how do we do that? What does that practically look like? So how that's hundred percent. But so let what is how do we do that? You almost don't do anything until we've heard from the Lord. Okay. So like Jesus said, I don't do anything except what my Father shows. So we're always in communion and communication and fellowship and relationship with God to where we can hear His voice and be led and letting him lead in all we do. 
Okay, that's one thing. So what we're else? Listening. Huh? We're listening. Yeah, so we're listening. We have ears to hear. The ears to hear comes from a heart that's willing to receive the seed of the word in the soil of our heart. And we prioritize, we cherish that so that it can produce a hundredfold. What else, practically, of living that scripture out that you pointed out? What practically can we do? What, how do, what does this look like? You know, because at the end of the day, we have to translate or, or, or apply, let me just say, apply the word. And that's why we need to meditate on the word so that we can find the application. That's the point of meditating on the Word, is to, to find connecting points to the life we live and how we can live that out. I think that, again, to that verse of last week, where you said, pray without ceasing. Mm. Uh, like that you also, in the day, uh, constantly be in communication with God, which is prayer, mm. uh, as you walk, as you mm-hmm. drive, as you uh, yeah. uh, constantly yeah. see situations addressing it in the spirit. Mm. Yeah. So that, it, so 100%. And, and that, this is the foundation of that because everybody wants to hear from God, right? We all want to hear from God better, right? And we want to, but at the end of the day, as much as there are, you know, things we can do to, to kind of, you know, facilitate that, the fa- at a foundational level, our ability to hear from God begins with turning ourselves in opening our heart all the way and making the choice to die on that altar and not take it back and let him lead and thus the relationship, the clarity of communications and relationship that results is, is a result of, of, of letting him be God and all the things we were talking about, you know. And then we will, you know, it's... It's like when you're fasting or, or something. It's for our benefit, right? It kind of pushes down the flesh and you kind of get more synchronized. <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah, it's just like, what's really important here? The voice of God. You find out real quick, the voice of God is important, you know, and, and you just, so it's, so, so it's, um, so that hearing from God, that praying without ceasing, it's, it's difficult to do those things because you don't do them. You participate in the flow of God. And so, so it's, it's the rest of, of turning yourself in and saying, Lord, you have complete control of my life. And I'm going to leave it on the altar. And I'm going I'm to wait on the Lord and have my strength be renewed because you are my strength. You are my life. As long as we have our own strength, we can go on our own steam. We, we, we go and you don't even know, like Samson, that the Spirit of God left you because you're using your own strength now to do the same things you used to do with his strength, but now it's in your strength. <laughs> you see how it can happen, religion and, and the deceits of being a good person. Okay, but are you led by the Spirit? Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You know, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think that the from God because now I realize that I can't just follow crowds anymore. Yeah. You know? Mm. I, I can't just do what everybody else is doing. Mm. Um, so 
I must think for myself, yeah. you know, and what is the right thing to do, and I yeah. must hear from God. Yeah. And if you don't, if, if I struggle to hear his voice, how is he going to tell me um, that's the right thing to do, mm. that is the wrong thing, because I'm not following him anymore, people, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So now <clears throat> it's me and him, he yeah. must tell me. You must be the Noah mm-hmm. building the ark, yeah. you know, and everybody else is there. You're yeah. the only one here, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that um, it's make me it, it makes me a bit you know what I mean that I don't um, hear from him. Is it you? Is it not you? you know? Right, right, right. That and that's that's the thing. It's like so we're we're all in that situation sometimes where we're like, is that me? Is that you? Is that da 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 da? So it's like, how do, we, how do we hone our ability to, to have clarity in that regard? And it's a hard thing. That's what I'm saying. It's like, there, there's things and there's, you know, practices, things, you know, which are good, very good. To, to, but at the end of the day, our ability to have clarity or greater clarity with each increasing day, let me say it like that, is God is God. I'm not. And, and living, you know, with that, the application of the blood of Jesus. What is, you know, that's why we have communion. That's why I want to talk about it and then have communion. Just for even greater clarity of what we're doing because it's, if we live with, the, with and the blood of Jesus is just applied to everything we do, what does that mean? It means that we're not going by our own um, strength, steam, thinking, anything. We have deferred to Christ and we're allowing him to be God in, in, in the core from which every other decision is made. And we, we're, we've turned ourselves, in, and, and, and that heart decision is carried through. So the application of the blood of Jesus is carried through all our decisions, all our things. But, it's, but this is what that is. It's, it's, the, it's no longer I that live, but Christ, his blood is applied. And so I'm living in this new life, and that's where God leads. The new life is about God leading and he, he leads through his word, he leads by his spirit, and that and then his words are written in our heart and, and, and the two become one in purpose in heart and, and but the core basic level is just it is no longer I live, Christ who lives in me, and that desire for him to lead. And so as we work out that is the salvation, and as we work that out into every area of our lives, we will increase uh, in, in clarity, and it's like sometimes when we're not sure, like sometimes if I'm not sure, you know, I'm praying about something, I'll just, I'm not going to strain to hear God's voice, I'm just going to start worshiping, I'm just going to refer to the blood of the covenant of his application that he's God and he's not, and know that he will make it clear at the point when I need to take that step, because it's it's not about pulling, who will ascend, how does it say? Romans 10, who will ascend to heaven and uh, you know, Pull Christ down, or what does it say there? You know, you know the verse I'm talking about. Huh? Romans ten. No, I'm talking about Romans ten. Let me. Let me okay, let me turn there, or let me just click there. <laughs> Romans ten. It says, it talks about that word of faith. You know, that's in our mouth, in our hearts. Um, okay, here it is. Oh yeah, it is a quote from. Yeah, you're right. So uh, Romans ten. Uh, six. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up 
from the dead. So it's not about us trying to do it. I need to try to hear from God. No, open our heart. Be in that place of worship where you recognize He's God, you're not, and the blood of Jesus is applied because that's your mindset. Your mindset is you're crucified with Christ. It's His will. It's about His will, and He's going to reveal it. Worship Him for that fact. Worship Him that you can live in that place where it's settled, it's done, it is finished, the blood of Jesus, knowing that He's going to make it clear to you because you've turned yourself in, there's no longer this stuff hindering, and that's the worshiping in spirit and truth based upon what Christ has done. And that's where faith springs from. That's where the inbirth persuasion of God comes from. It comes from that, that um, identification that we're, we're, we're no longer living. Christ is, is alive in us. And then he starts to live his life through us, bringing everything to bear like we, we were talking about last week, that he births out things through us from that place. So... He's also knowing that um, he's a man he's with you. Mm, yeah, he's, you can, and he will never leave nor forsake, actually. And then you can rest him. Yes. And there's a trust in your heart. Yeah. Like, often if I feel like I'm not hearing from God, or, I mean, the devil really bugged me on that. Because since mm. I was little, I could always hear his voice was easy. And then he, it started bugging me that you can't hear him. And, and it became like a work. Like, yeah. Okay, but I'm not hearing you. It, it was a worry, you know. Mm-hmm. Do I do this? Do I do this? And then you end up like standing in the middle. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And actually, it was just like surrender. No, he's gone. He's with you. He's not going to make it difficult. Yeah. He's not going to make it like, okay, I'm not hearing you now. It's like, just chill out, relax. Yeah. And, and he's your father. He doesn't make it, I mean, we were listening to it. He doesn't make it difficult. So he says, I think it was under Broncos. He says, he goes and hides from his son. And he knows yeah. his four-year-old after ten minutes is going to yeah. give up and like forget it, and he'll be in the cupboard all day. <laughs> so he makes it in a place where he can find him, yeah. that it's easy to be found. And God's like that; He makes it easy because He wants to be found. Mm. And it's that it's that love and trust mm. that you're like, okay, I, I physically can't hear you now because I've got other stuff in my head or in my heart or in the way or whatever. Mm. But it's that trust, knowing that. And there's an openness to him too, Paul, because sometimes you will hear him. Sometimes he'll use someone else. Because mm-hmm. you're yeah. struggling. Yeah. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's just, all of a sudden you'll be doing something random and then all of a sudden he'll say, mm-hmm. Well, I find I sometimes say, God, just make it easy so I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. He will. He'll make it yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah. And just the fact that you do that, you're acknowledging yeah. him, that you need him. And that's the, one of the greatest prayers we can pray, God, I need you. I, 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 I can't do this. We should be, we should be, yeah. So, but we need to recognize, we need to call him in. We need to, he stands at the door of every situation and knocks. And when we do that, we say, Lord, I really need you. That we should be, that should be our constant praying without ceasing component where it's, we recognize God and our need for him in every situation. And And that allows us to be partakers of his divine nature. That allows the manifestation. So we never lose that. We never become something where we don't need to think about God anymore. No, it's always going to be like that. It's always a recognition of who he is, what he's done. The application of the blood is no longer... And and all that brings us to that place of rest 
where it's not we're not doing dead works anymore. We're just letting God lead us <clears throat> in what He wants to do, and so they're life giving things of the Spirit that we participate in, and it becomes a resting place of relationship, where His voice becomes clear. And so when we worship in spirit and truth, that's what that is. It's recognizing what God has done, that we don't need to struggle it out in our own strength, in our own trying to make it happen. It's, it's an establishing of the truth of God's word in our heart and in our paradigm that he will do exactly as he promised. He takes care of us. And Psalm 23, okay, we'll just finish with this. It, it leads right, that's what Psalm 23 is. You know, it says, the Lord's my shepherd. That means he's leading, <laughs> right? I shall not want. Where he leads, he's going to take care of everything. We're going to lack no good thing. We're going to just be needs, desires, whatever you ask. You know, John 15 he says, it, it'll be there. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, very pleasant places. And he leads me beside the still waters, very beautiful places. It's not big, just, you know, peace in our spirit. He restores my soul. That soul, that's the, the part of us that needs to be aligned with what God has done. The mind, the will, and the emotions. Spirit, perfect and complete. The soul, we, we allow spirit to lead so that he brings peace in there and restoration to his ways <clears throat> he restores my soul he leads me he leads me as a shepherd he leads in the paths of righteousness for his namesake for his glory it's like our life is to bring glory to god it's not it's it's much more than about us we participate but it's also about the glory of god being revealed through us you know <clears throat> for his namesake yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death pretty trying times and stuff I will fear no evil. Why? Because fear is a disconnect from God's perspective. God is never fearful. You know, he knows what he's doing. So we should never fear because our God knows what he's doing and he's going to show us what to do. Okay, so I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, and so it's all about recognizing he's with you, you know. And your rod and your staff, they come for me. Sometimes God needs to point things out and correct us and say, you know what, stop doing that. You know what, this is what I want you to do. And, you know, he needs to change some things and, and we yield to that. We judge ourselves by allowing him to speak to us so that we will not need to be judged later. <laughs> we, we welcome that process now. <clears throat> the rod and the staff, they comfort me. You prepare... How do they comfort? Because we know he's our loving father and he's interacting with us. That's a good thing. You know, it's, it's an orphan who has no correction, no, and they grow up skewed because no one loves, you know, there's no loving hand to guide. <clears throat> you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. With what? Everything we need for life and godliness. It's there. It's on the table, already prepared. God prepared it from the heavenly kitchen. It's good stuff. You know what I'm saying? But we need to sit and renew our strength. Sit with the Lord in quietness and confidence to your strength. Sit with the Lord and allow Him to show you the table that you can partake from that shifts our mind, our way of thinking, our, what affects our priorities, our actions. You anoint my head with oil. He provides the anointing. He's with us. He's through us. The Messiah, the Savior working out that salvation in our life. My cup runs over. He's not stingy. It's, it's more. There's always more. It's like, if we believe nothing is impossible. I mean, the believers walking with God should be causing the Jews to envy. 
<laughs> you know, and everything else. Just there's pressed down, shaken together. You prepare a table before me. Oh, I've read that one. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness, mercy, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's what it means to dwell with Him. So it's all boiled down. It's simple down, and we'll finish with this. Romans eight thirty eight. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, dark rulers in the heavens. There's nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. No power above or beneath, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So to continue in the full manifestation of all that, we, we just need to recognize He's God. He bought us. We are the temple where He dwells now. In His temple, we, must, we, we need to allow Him to lead. And guess how He's going to lead? Into the manifestation of all His goodness, all His breakthrough, all His fulfilled promises. And we will stay engaged with that truth and mindset and reality and we will constantly speak into that situation where the mountain seems to not have moved yet. We'll keep speaking from that place of everyday renewed vision of how God's will and flow, what he wants to do, and he doesn't change. So let's have communion now and realize this is what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, The blood of Jesus, the new covenant in the New Testament, which has to do with inheritance, the New Covenant, which has to do with His fulfilled promises from His side, and our commitment from our side, and the two become one, and they manifest into fulfillment of that beautiful creation that God has, and of what God wants to birth and bring in. <clears throat> so, the forgiveness of sins, what does that mean? That means we don't go our own way. He set us free, He forgives us, so that we can follow Him. And let him lead. So the unwise versions are versions of the, like the religious kind of Remember that Remember that was entrance to the wedding feasts. It doesn't even say it huh? Are people that are saved? That's what I'm saying. It's one could I it's the wedding feasts. And Revelation twelve you have the woman clothed with the sun, and you have the remnant of her seed, who also hold to the testimony of Jesus. Thank you. Who also hold to the testimony of Jesus. So, it's my understanding from those scriptures and others that the bride is, is um, a unique category of believers who actually walk with God and let Him lead, you know, wherever He leads, they they're the ones singing the song. They they know, and they know the words of that song, whereas other people don't. And um, you know, to Him who overcomes will make a pillar. You know, the first few chapters of Revelation and all these other promises. Um, so it, it it says the fire will try every work, uh, every person's works. And some peop- some works will be burnt up, but the- but it says you but the person is saved through the fire, but some works are burnt up. So you know 
Those who walk with God, God is not mocked. A person will reap what he sows. He who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap everything that is in conjunction with eternal life and all the promises and everything. And so, you know, there are different uh, experiences, different bodies of glory, which it says in Corinthians, it says there's a glory of the sun, there's a glory of the star, there's a glory of the moon, there's a glory of the, you know. And so, you know, it's, it's just how much do we let God be God in our life? Because it's his glory. It's his glory. John 17 says he shares it with us. And, but it's like we need to make space for it. If we haven't made space, it'll be less glory in our, manifest through our life. So it's not our works in the sense of we create this glory. It's his idea, his works, his glory. We just yield and make space for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So then, you know, that becomes our lifestyle. And so then in heaven, that will just be clearly made visible. Because we don't always see right now, but, but there, there's no more hiding. And it just, the glory that we allowed relationally to walk in, that's what will be revealed in our glorified body. Yes. 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 You allowing. Yes. 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 That's it. So, it. so it's not our work, not by mind or by power. It's His Spirit. It's His glory. It's just how much we have yielded to His glory so that He can shine through us. That's what it is. So... Yeah. So Jesus, we thank you. We, oh, it's beyond words. We just turn ourselves in. We just, we recognize that you are God. You are worthy of every moment in our life to be yielded and submitted to you and letting you lead. You are worthy. I mean, and you can take those loaves and fishes and you can multiply it, you can just inject your glory into the scenario and go way beyond all that we ask or think and give you the reward of your suffering. Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shed to set us free from the power of sin and death. It no longer dictates to us as we as a slave and it as the master of what we shall do. We look to you and we thank you for your blood which set us free from the power of sin and death. And we say yes to you and no to everything else that would raise its ugly head against you and your word and your truth and your path. And we thank you for the, 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 um, the bread the symbolizing the living of that out and, the, and the, uh, the manifestation even in our flesh, through our life. You, we, will, we choose to live by the Spirit and the blood of Jesus and then you, that manifests even in our flesh healing, deliverance, every good thing that you want to bring and birth into this world. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we say yes to you. We celebrate you. We thank you for the privilege of being in this relationship. And we, and we thank you. You are God. We are not. We love you. Thank you for taking us deeper into yourself. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hi, my name is Paul Warren Gray with Life Mission. If you'd like more audio and video teachings like this one, please visit our website at www.lifemission.org.za. That's www.lifemission.org.za. 
And if you are in the Johannesburg area in South Africa, we hope you'll drop in so we can meet you in person. Details are on the website. 